Hey guys, how's it going? This is Jordan Pacheco from the Glad Chad Podcast. I hope you're doing well. And today I just have a short little video, hopefully giving you guys just three general tips to give uh, when it concerns apologetics. Apologetics comes from the Latin word apologia, and this just means a reasoned defense, a reasonable defense, particularly inside Catholicism pertaining to the faith. So this is all of your religious debates and discussions that we have with families, with friends, with Christians, non-Catholics, other Catholics, you name it, uh, about the reason for our hope. And it is extremely important and incumbent upon every single Christian by virtue of his baptism and his confirmation to be willing to defend the faith and hopefully through the Holy Spirit, because it's ultimately to God that the glory is given, help win souls over to Christ. So I want to read a Bible verse. This is coming from the English Standard Version Catholic edition. And this is coming from the first letter of St. Peter, the first Pope. And it is starting in... First Peter chapter three, verse 14. But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. So those are the words of our first Pope, and those are the words of Christ, therefore. And so what's very funny about this is that even 2,000 years ago, we know that in order for us to know God, love God, and serve God better, we have to be willing to do the trench work and really tear into why we as Catholics believe what we believe. And most importantly, after we have satisfied our own spiritual cravings, how to best share that truth with others. So let's hop into the tips. I'm sure that many of you have... Protestant brothers and sisters, non-Catholics of all sorts, maybe even your own family members who have questions about the faith, maybe are always coming at you with questions. And rather than running away and being like, oh, it's just faith, believe, believe, it's time for you to stand up and be a man, right? Gird your loins and fight like a man, as the book of Job says, says the Lord in the book of Job, and really give a reason defense. So we have to remember these things, though. Number one, be cordial. Stay cordial. It's very, very easy to get in this prideful, hubristic debate setting. And I love high, rambunctious, raucous debate. I love where the stakes are real. And what could be more real than the salvation of one's own souls? It's very easy when there are Jehovah's Witnesses at the door. It's very easy when it's with people that we don't even know to uh, to just give the truth. And if they take it, they take it. If they don't, they don't. But we have to remember something. Truth without love is cruelty. Just as the opposite is true. Love without truth is also cruelty. So we have to be able to, to keep things cordial, to remember that we are brothers and sisters, that we are called to the same dignity as Christ, that Jesus loves those who are inside the faith just as much as those who are outside. And while he desires that everybody comes to a knowledge of the truth, that everyone can be saved inside the church, we have to remember that we're not going to do that if we just walk in places and drop truth bombs and don't care what happens. Oh, extra ecclesia nullus salus, suckers, and then we just leave. Remember, the first law of the church is the salvation of souls. And extra ecclesia is true. Outside the church, there is no salvation. But we're not going to be able to, to aid in the Holy Spirit's mission of saving everybody if we're going to be jerks about it, quite frankly. And while, again, I love having spirited debate, there's nothing wrong with having spirited discussion. We have to remember that uh, we are all children in God's eyes, and therefore there's a certain kind of dignity, especially about matters of the heart, that we need to keep in mind. The second thing, stay focused. This is hard for me, so let me just hit something right away. I um, I love 
the videos of how to be Christian. He is a Catholic apologist, young guy, smart guy, really, 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 really good apologetic breakdowns. And what's funny about him is that he has something called the Protestant vomit. And so this might go like this. You have a knock on your door, it's Jehovah's Witnesses, it's Mormons, it's Baptists, whoever it is you're talking to, and they go, oh, well, you're Catholic. Well, Catholics pray to the saints and they worship the Virgin Mary and they pray to statues and they believe the Pope can't do anything wrong. And they believe that the wafer y'all receive at your service is the body of Christ. And they think that this, the Bible is not an authority. And before you know it, you have a thousand different arguments that are just tearing you in a thousand different places. And the desire, of course, is, oh my gosh, I have to defend the church. I have to put out each one of these individual fires. And I have to do it in under 30 seconds or less. Otherwise, I've let down the church. I've let down God. Well, that's not the case. Remember, we are vessels for the Holy Spirit. And while it's good that we can find our arguments and find our stride and hopefully help win people over to Christ, Christ is ultimately the one who's going to draw people unto himself. Again, we're just vessels, right? We are saved by our faith and our works. We're not saved just by works, right? That no man may boast as the scriptures say. So it's up to God working through us to do as he pleases. We trust in God's plan and we have to admit that sometimes we don't see it. So it's far better to do this. Someone's hitting you with everything. And maybe the opposite's true. Maybe you're hitting them with everything. Oh, you're a Baptist. Well, how come you have 66 books? How come you don't believe in infant baptism despite the fact that you're a Baptist? How come you believe in Sola Scriptura? Where is that in the Bible? Blah, 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 right? Just running your mouth. Take a step back and go, okay, let's focus on one thing at a time. So you mentioned Sola Scriptura. Let's sit back and really chew about Sola Scriptura. You believe that the Bible is the not just the inerrant word of God, but that there is no authority except for the Bible. Is it actually biblical? And then before you know it, you can have a half hour, maybe an hour discussion on one point. All right, then take a pause. Remember, number one, be cordial. Cool. I think this is good. Maybe you've won. Maybe you've lost. Maybe you guys have had this middle ground of understanding. Okay, cool. Now let's walk away. And next time we come back, you mentioned uh, how Catholics worship the Virgin Mary. Well, I don't think that's true. And how about we just take a pause and when we come back, let's just talk about that for a second. So if you stay focused, it will help your 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 opponent or your, your fellow, it doesn't really matter what the terminology is. It will help them understand your perspective a little bit more, maybe help flesh out their understanding a little bit more. And also it's a great defeat to what's called the shotgun fallacy. Shotgun fallacy is exactly what it sounds like. I'm going to hit with a bajillion arguments all at once and hope that something sticks to the wall. And so if you can just diffuse the situation a little bit, it helps you both maintain the kind of control of the sort of arguments that you want to use. And it helps the other person really sit down and realize what the Catholic faith is. It's not just superstition without rhyme or reason. There's method to the madness. Obviously, it's a 2,000-year-old faith. Duh. <laughs> and the final one is stay tactical. Number three, stay tactical. Again, apologia, apologetics is the defense of the faith, but that doesn't mean that you have to stay defensive always. In fact, depending on how your discussion may go, there may be times for you to press back and really force somebody to see the truth of whatever particularly false teaching they're holding on to. Let me give you an example. I have a really, really good buddy of mine and I love him to pieces. He's one of my brothers. And uh, he has gone in the span of two years from essentially being a pagan to a Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> so talk about a transfer, a change. So we're not full there yet. He's still an Aryan, but I think that that's God pushing him hopefully in the right direction. So what's funny about Jehovah's Witnesses and Catholics, one of the, the base common understandings they, they believe is that there has to be some sort of authoritative body, some sort of church that has the authority to dictate scriptures in a particular way. Jehovah's Witnesses to the point where they can actually change the words of sacred scriptures. And Catholics, of course, because we have the three pillars of the faith. We have sacred scripture, 
or the inerrant word of God present in all 73 books of the Bible. We have the teaching tradition, the tradatio of the church. This is those things that were passed down orally through Christ to the apostles, to the bishops, to the martyrs, to the saints, to the doctors of the church. And then we have the magisterium, the teaching authority of the church. And real quick, just while I got off on a little tangent, if anyone wants to know why we have that the way that we have it, it's not only biblical, it's actually a holdover. It's a it's a transfer from the old covenant to the new covenant. I learned this from Steve Ray. When Moses came down the mountain, he had three things. The rabbis will tell you. He had the word of God and otherwise not the law of God that was written in the Ten Commandments, right? He had the teaching authority of God made manifest in the magisterium because this leads to the tradition which God taught him, Mosaic law. So there's why there's the Ten Commandments, there's Mosaic law, and who has the authority to actually teach us what these things mean? Moses. And from Moses, later the entirety of the priesthood uh, for the Jews, which now in the New Covenant makes manifest in the church. So the chair of Moses becomes the chair of St. Peter. Just a fun little tangent. That comes from Steve Ray's uh, Peter, the Keys, um, the Rock, Peter, the Rock, and the Keys. Wonderful talk, and I'll get some resources later. But different people have different approaches to apologetics. There are some people like me and my buddy who are very cut and dry. Here's the truth. Here's not the truth. You tell it to me. For me, it's history. Like, you have to make it manifest in history. I'm, I always say I'm bored with Protestantism because how could I believe in a faith that didn't even exist 500 years ago of any of the tens of thousands of denominations, right? I'd much rather go back for actual, genuine, historic Christianity. How did our ancestors actually believe? And I find that truth, of course, be made manifest in the Catholic Church. There's some who are drawn to the beauty of the church. They look at the church and they say, well, it seems like God made the world and he made it to be good. And this reflection, this beauty can be made manifest in the church. It's made manifest in her sacraments. It's made manifest in the mass. It's made manifest in how she even just builds her churches and how she delights in the goodness that God gives us. And that's something that's wonderful. It's, it's a very powerful argument if someone is, is thinking about going away from, from the Calvinist total depravity stance. There are others who are, who are by the simple witness or the miracles of the church believe. They look at things like the Shroud of Turin and they go, wow, that's crazy. That's, that's incredible. I believe that that is the, the body of our Lord as best we can recreate it. And, oh, what do you know? The Catholics hold it. <laughs> there are those who say, wow, you know, I, I've met a good nun or a good priest and they've really touched me. And I can tell that there's the love of Jesus in their hearts. And for those sorts of reasons, the Catholic church has to be true. It can't just be this horror of Babylon if I can really tell the Holy Spirit is working within her. So by being tactical, we can change the field of battle. We can change how the game is played a little bit. We can figure out ways to go in the offensive and the defensive. For my, for my Jehovah's Witness buddies, we both agreed that even advertently, he's arguing sola scriptura, but he obviously believes in the teaching authority of some church, namely Jehovah's Witnesses. So my tactic was, well, where is the Bi Where in the Bible does it say that you have to follow only the Bible? And if that's the case, why would you follow it out of a lens of a Jehovah's Witness? Why wouldn't you somehow come to the conclusion that tens of thousands of non-denominational and Protestant um, denominations have, which is that there is such thing as a Trinitarian God, that there's no such thing as the annihilation of the soul, that hell is a permanent place, so on and so forth. And so... Um, you know, those were little jabs. And he, he was asking me, why do I believe what I believe? And I said, this is why, like here in scripture, you know, it says in Matthew 16, well, you know, clearly Christ said he wasn't going to leave behind a book or a series of books together and a canon. He was going to leave behind a church. And this church was built on the rock, Kepha, Petrus. He changed the name of Simon to Peter and the gates of hell not prevail against it. It seems like this church that calls itself being built upon the rock is a Roman Catholic church. So that's compelling. 
the church is a pillar and foundation of the truth. And so, you know, we just go back and forth. That kind of style might not work for everybody. So you have to be willing to be tactical. You have to be willing to be defensive and offensive. You have to be willing to change up your arguments and your ideas. You'll be surprised. Again, there's so many different kinds of non-Catholics that some may agree with you or others won't. Some might agree that infant baptism makes a lot of sense and that salvation in that sort of way is perfect. Others might. So you may be surprised. You just have to go out and and with with the glee and joy of the faith, right, the reason for our hope, we have to go out and engage the culture. So before I leave, I just want to give you all a couple of resources, a few resources that I like to use in terms of my apologetics because it's extremely important. Number one is... Uh, I've mentioned how to be Christian before. I think that as far as like new apologists kind of on the scene come, he is a great, great resource, a clever guy, smart guy, and extremely interesting ways of doing apologetics. Very, very, uh, almost like cut and dry, peeling through the fallacies of Protestantism. Absolutely delight to watch. I would highly recommend that. Um, I come from the Lighthouse Catholic media sort of listening span. So my favorite apologists have always been Scott Hahn and Steve Ray, especially for Mary. Go to Scott Hahn. I mean, describing Mary as not just the tabernacle, which houses the Holy of Holies, which is the Lord, this purified vessel, right? But also going through Mariology as the new Eve and everything. I mean, Scott Hahn's just brilliant for that kind of stuff. Steve Ray is absolutely fantastic, especially if you're talking to evangelical or Baptist Protestants, just an absolute powerhouse on the authority of the church. Um, Matt Frad's good. Taylor Marshall is good. You can check us out from time to time. We're okay. <laughs> you know, um, there's just so many great resources for Catholics to have nowadays. And, um, oh, um, and, uh, and if you, uh, if you're really kind of struggling on where to turn to in the faith, uh, where to go for it, lighthouse talks like that are always wonderful resources. So many great YouTubers. And of course, you know, I work for the Augustine Institute. And so, if your church or the church down the street has formed, we obviously do a ton of exegesis. We have an entire Lexio series on on God, on on God the Father, on Jesus, on on the apostles. We have it on so many different topics, as well as just a myriad of any topic you could possibly think of. So, for instance, we just released Lexio, uh, the case for Jesus, which goes through using non-Catholic sources. How can we talk about Christ? Was he a real person? Did he fulfill any of the new? Are any of the old covenant prophecies? Was he the son of God? Was he God himself? We go through all of it. And so just really great resources. Remember, apologetics is an ultimate synthesis of information. So you have to be able to take a lot of verses of scripture, a lot of the history and tradition of the church, and you have to create little succinct arguments sometimes. And it can be very difficult, which is why I'm saying it's a process. Um, so I hope that these three tips and tricks helped you. Remember that at the end of the day, everything that we do is for the glory of God. Non nobis domine, not to us, Lord, but to you, the glory. And so when you are talking with Protestants and with non-Catholics or anybody, and maybe you're winning the argument, maybe you're winning them over, you're not winning them over to you. You're winning them over to Christ. You are being used as a vessel that the Holy Spirit can go out there and save souls and renew his church as he sees fit. So I hope that these help you guys. God bless you. May I keep you. I'll see you on the next one. Adios.